take proper care of ourselves, we can literally defy aging. Join us every Tuesday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time to learn about self-care from Tucson Essentials on the Female Solution Blog Talk Radio Show. Learn how to help your body and yourself feel rejuvenated each day through proper nutrition, sleep, frequency medicine, and many unconventional methods of self-care. I'm Jody Susan. Join me and my amazing guests by calling in at 515-605-9325 and press 1 to speak. We'll help you achieve a breakthrough in your health today. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Self-Cell Care. We have Dr. Frank Lawless. We have Jen Stennett. Um, we have more coming on later. Um, and today we're going to be talking about brain health and how fear impacts your brain health and what you can do about it. So I'm so excited to have you guys here. So thank you for being here. You're thank muted. you very much. Okay. Uh, Thanks for having us. I, uh, I need you to turn up your volume of just a smidgen so I can hear you better. So my volume is completely up. So perhaps can you look at your volume button? Oh, okay. You're awesome. <laughs> How are we doing now? Can't find it. Oh, so are you on your Mac? Yeah, I'm looking at my, uh, on my computer. Great. So on the far right-hand corner, there's an F11, F12 on the um, on the very top row, and it also above it has a volume button, like a like a microphone. So if you hit the the one that has the large microphone, which is F12, the keyboard, um, it will increase your your volume. I'll I'll keep looking. Okay. So um, I'm, I'm going to uh, see if I can, because I think I, I have it up here, uh, get the screenshot of uh, what, what we used to advertise the show. And, and it looks like I do have it. So we're going to talk about how fear impacts brain health, right? And symptomatically, what does that look? like so let me just pull this up um hmm, doesn't look like i can do that so um but let me just talk to it that instead um so we have um a few things so one is dilation of the pupils dry mouth fast breathing a pounding heart tense muscles, slow digestion, sweating of the palms, um, just to name a few, and how that impacts um, us, which that is a description of the fight or flight response. Um, it, uh, the amygdala in our brain, which I'm gonna let you experts speak about, reacts to the threat, kind of like when a saber-toothed tiger is chasing after you, right? Which we really don't have nowadays, unless you're you know, in the Amazon or somewhere else. Africa or like that. Um, and the hypothalamus um, activates a sympathetic nervous system. So it releases adrenaline, um, which we needed when we were hunters. 
Um, and then the adrenal cortex releases cortisol for continued alertness. That's really huge. And while we're talking about uh, that, I'll see if I can get that image up because we're in a constant state of alertness. We're in a constant state of people thinking that we've got the saber-toothed tiger running after us and we're like running, running, running and our body's not in rest and digest. So who wants to go first? <laughs> well, uh, Jen, I was more interested in uh, your concept uh, before I lapse into some uh, other things. Sure. Um, well, when I hear you talk about the fight or flight system, I also think about different brain waves that we would be in as well. Because when we're in fight or flight, we're in a very high beta. So when we're in a high beta, like our brain really shuts down a lot of blood flow to other areas except for the fight or flight system. And the key is to try to figure out how do we get out of that? But when we're in that system, it's hard to think clearly. It's hard to make rational decisions. It's hard to do anything in order. It's hard to have focus. It's, it's just a very hard place. Like if you're in fight flight sitting in a classroom, you're not going to really retain much. If you're in fight or flight sitting in a meeting, you're not really going to retain much. And some people in fight or flight will also have like a complete memory lapse because they're not focused. They're, they're not able to focus on what's being talked about. So I've, I've had people in fight or flight in meetings and come out and be like, what just happened? I'm like, what do you mean? What just happened? We just had this great meeting. And, and they're like, I was so scared. Like, I don't remember anything. Mm. So there's, there's a lot of your brain doesn't retain when you're in fight or flight. Well, I, I certainly agree with you, Jen, in terms of the neurological dynamics. Let me just talk a little bit about uh, some more of the psychological dynamics, and that is that your brain actually regresses uh, so that you're not uh, going forward. You're actually backing up. It's kind of like trying to drive your car by using just the rear view mirror uh, because not only are you dealing with some issues with regard to the present situation, uh, you're also bring up old stuff uh, that you're afraid of. And so you're capitalizing and you're multiplying uh, the impact and uh, in terms of regression. So consequently, it's hard for you to uh, problem solve. Uh, and uh, that usually happens in the front of the brain. And so you're in sympathetic system uh, up there and in the back of the brain, you're regressing. So you can't uh, create a, a real uh, imbalance uh, you, in, would, in your balance as well. Would you say that that also like creates like traumatic, like call them memories because you keep going backwards, going backwards, going backwards. Yeah. Yeah. Right, exactly. And so you have this, uh, uh, you can diagnose it in a variety of ways, but basically it's what you said. Uh, you, you have limited options. Uh, you can either go forward in, in terms of anger, uh, uh, 
which basically makes things usually a lot worse because you're limited in terms of your options. You can regress, which is more than likely happening, or you can freeze. You can become paralysis. Uh, and that's usually what we talk about in terms of uh, uh, where you basically, it's just like the rat that can't push down the liver because he just uh, stuck there and immobilized. So uh, it, it can immobilize you, it can regress you, and there's nothing good that I can think of that uh, can happen uh, when you're in uh, such, uh, such fear. Now, that doesn't mean that, that it's all pathological. It's basically uh, a, a, a state of mind that's been with us since we evolved. And so we, we are still get deathly afraid of different things. So it, it's a constant uh, growing process and the evolution of how you deal with things you fear. And uh, I think that means that we're learning objects, we're learning animals. So uh, we have, we kind of learned those things uh, on how to deal with fear uh, from a very early stage, but that has to mature over time as well. I agree with that too. So um, when, you know, what occurred to me when you were saying, and I was multitasking because I'm sharing the show, um, about we are not only regressing, I mean, like we're, we're in the in the present moment being in fear, and then we're also bringing up our past memories, which really excites and maybe makes that fear more pronounced. Um, <clears throat> what do you think that? I mean, that first of all, that's that's just awful. <laughs> what do you guys think that people can do? Um, I mean, to support themselves, I think, I guess here's, here's a few things I'd like to talk about. One, being aware that you're in that state. How do you create awareness for yourself that you're in that state? <clears throat> Let's just start with that. I'm not sure where to, what you mean by that? Yeah, can you clarify that a little bit for me? Sure, sure. So if I'm in a state of fight or flight um how at, and i really don't know what that looks like what are some things that i can do to maybe create awareness for myself that i'm oh. in that state because once i'm aware then i can start taking actions to make a change okay okay now i understand what you mean all right now uh one of the most voluntary things you can do uh is uh well let me just uh state a little bit of terror on that uh, you know you can do some biofeedback but that's usually what i consider to be secondary the first thing that you can do to change your brain and change your body is to learn how to breathe uh and we've done uh there's been extensive research forever uh in terms of uh uh, especially focusing on the exhalation, uh, where you basically learn how to breathe 
out. And consequently, uh, that gives a reflex of breathing in uh, oxygen. And so you're basically helping uh, with your brain. Uh, and you're also uh, slowing your brain down from uh, the biosympathetic region. Uh, all those things, all those features uh, can be controlled uh, by the first order of breathing. And so I'm going to start with that. Well, why don't we? I'm gonna go back a step. Oh, go ahead. If that's okay. Yeah. Because I think if you if you know that you're prone to panic, so I almost like to get people to create like an anxiety timeline. Oh, okay. So when like I I've been in a lot of car accidents where other people were driving. So when I get into a car, if I notice right away if I'm nervous, I'll tuck my thumb into my fist. Okay. So that's like the first thing I do when I'm nervous. It's not a cognitive nervous. It's a physical nervous. So my thumb will clench. But as soon as I realize that that's what I'm doing, I can kind of take a deep breath. Back to your breath work, Dr. Lawless. And I can also then relax. So And that's like a number one on a timeline for me. So like I look at like a panic would be like a level 10. And so if I were in the car, this is just my, these are just my, this is my anxiety timeline. If I get into a car with somebody else driving and I tuck my thumb, that's a number one. If we're driving and my thumb stays tucked and there's a couple sudden stops or somebody swerves, you know, I'll grab onto the, the opoop bar and then I'll put, I have my brake, you know, my driver, my passenger side brake. So that puts me at like a four, getting close to a five. So for me to come down from that, it takes a little bit more self-talk and a little bit more conscientious driving from the driver, you know? So, so I'll have to kind of be like, okay, you're fine. We're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. Whatever. And then I can get myself back down. Now, if I go from one to four and then I'm like starting to breathe heavy, it's a lot harder for me to self-talk that down. I can't self-talk that one down. That's going to be kind of like a waiting game for me. Or I might tap the tops of my thighs just to realize that I'm safe. I might just say, hey, you know, can you slow down? Or, you know, a, a, some verbal, you know, conversation with driver. If they're driving, make, their driving is making me uncomfortable. But once I get to a 10, there's nothing in that moment that I can do that's going to calm me down until I'm out of that car. So one, and, and maybe, maybe the BOD would help, but you know, I don't know that I want to use BOD while I'm in the car with that person anyway, but oh, we, we there's use it like in the car timeline. all the time. So this is what we do. So, um, and welcome Dr. Debbie Green. Morning. Meet Jen. Good morning. You know, Dr. Good morning. Frank. So we actually nice to meet you. Nice meeting you as well. I came in on a very interesting conversation, how to calm down. <laughs> well, so <Yeah>. and <clears throat> Jen was saying, well, I don't know if I want to use the bot in the car. And I'm going to tell you, we use it in the car all the time, not on our ears. So we wear it at our neck. Okay. Yeah, throat chakra. Mm -hmm. And yeah. or we put oh, that's it a great above idea. our temples. Like this, we actually have the uh, the bone conductor that we use as well, and we put it at the temple, so we're getting the vibration. We can hear, 
but especially someone like Andrew Calhoun, who will be on here in a little bit. He had a traumatic brain injury as a result of a car accident. And we have gotten through so many levels, but as our consciousness rises, we also find that we have new levels to work on in the car to reverse that trauma that he had as a 16 year old. So um, at the at the temples is great, at the throat chakra, um, heck, we've even put it at our thigh because that vibration is so powerful. So um, that's cool. Yeah. So but, but when we start talking about like, panic i feel like we have to figure we have to back up and look at all the steps that we've gotten to get to that place i agree because i feel like with all, all of us we have different signs and some of them are physical some of them are mental some of them are emotional some are trying to figure out what your signs are mm -hmm. like yeah, a lot I of times people will pick at their fingers at a low level they'll start mm -hmm. to twiddle their hair They'll start tapping their feet. There's lots of body signs. Your body gives off a lot of information when you're moving up that anxiety timeline towards panic. Right. And let's assume that not everybody has bought. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because that's really, in my opinion, today, since I haven't gotten one into every household yet, um, I want to talk about something that a lot of people can have in their purse or in their pocket. And it's a bottle of essential oils. And, you know, this is rose and patchouli. These two plants are inside the, um, the blend of console. So I really just need one bottle, but I just wanted to show the world. So console essential oil, which has rose and patchouli in it, takes the brain out of fight or flight in 20 seconds. So it gets into the brain in 20 seconds, into the bloodstream in 30. And so you're in the car with somebody who's making you nuts, right? Been there. Okay. And you breathe in. And really, I've been kind of shortchanging my own self lately. I just do one breath. <laughs> do a few. So, I mean, so if you're, and, and then you're getting your breathing in, right? So you're getting the, the breath and you're also getting the, the effects of these plants that are taking your brain out of fight or flight. That's awesome. And that mm -hmm. stuff, console smells so good. Ooh, my favorite. Really is my favorite. I, I think I just have to be in fight or flight more often just so I can use it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a silly girl. Yes. So Dr. Debbie, we were talking this morning, as you know, about um, how, how fear impacts brain health. And, oh, yeah. um, you know, Dr. Lawless was sharing how, um, you know, well, wait, actually, you know, Jen, you said that it shuts down the blood flow to other areas of the body. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And the brain. Yeah. And, yes. Sorry. Go ahead. 
Oh, no, I, I was just agreeing because uh, when I see my patients at work, um, I definitely uh, agree with Jen, what they do. They start, um, I call it um, from the mildest states of fear and, you know, to the escalated states of fear when uh, they start, whatever their go-to is. Like you said, um, I have one patient just starts to, you know, stroke one strand of her hair. She'll just start and I'll, I'll know, okay, automatically where she's at in her anxiety. I don't even have to ask her. And then I have another one. What he does is this. For some reason, he just keeps just plucking his thumbs, you know. And he'll be talking to me, but he's plucking his thumbs. And you know, there's so many different ways a person will express anxiety. And we know, uh, you know, as practitioners, anxiety is nothing but intense fear gone haywire, okay? So, and, you know, what I do, I try to explain to them their body chemistry of how it responds to fear, how it responds to trauma. So, you know, the body is one of those things that literally take the, uh, uh, I wouldn't want to say um, the feeling, but it, uh, it, it just controls the emotional part of it where it's tolerable, where then they can make some decisions of how to respond to this trigger, you know, because it's how they are responding that's what it is. And they're really not responding. They're doing knee-jerk knee reactions. Because with yeah. response, it takes time. So I always say to them, okay, are we on autopilot today? Or where, where are we? Are we in our conscious mind? Because if you're in your conscious mind, you can make decisions in your conscious mind. And, you know, if you woke up in autopilot, you're going to know because you're going to wake up in yesterday's mind. Whatever is bothering you is going to wake up with you. Whatever you went to sleep with, you're going to wake up with. So guard your mind, guard your mind. And, you know, and I teach them that every, oh my goodness, we, we get into, uh, because I do group therapy and individual therapy. So I'll have awesome. 20, at least 20. And what I'll do as soon as I walk in, in the door, they already know what that, Dr. Deb wants. What is your word for the day? Your word should be something you want to manifest. It should not be something that you don't want to feel or think. So let's put it in the brain and let it manifest. You have to allow it to manifest. So um, all of the things, the holistic things that we could do, um, because, you know, medication has been here like forever and just keeps uh, the FDA, the pharmaceutical market, just keeps putting more and more and more and more things out there. And we know that chemicals don't always do the best thing for bodies, okay? So, you know, do what you can holistically and then control your, I call it a self-master, self-rescue, you know, because that's what it's going to take. Because, you know, I always lead them back to the child mind state all the time. I said, when you were, uh, you know, five years old, somebody gave you three crayons and a piece of paper. No one had to tell you what to do. You already knew. It's like the brain just knows exactly what to do or what it needs to do. Okay, fast forward. Here comes life in so many different fashions, so much disappointment, drama, victories, blah, blah, blah. But now you don't know what to do. So what happened? What happened? You were greatly distracted by something that you felt was bigger than you, felt you that was stronger than you, and you believed it. Now we got a whole nother mindset. Isn't that amazing? But that's that's the way it works. 
Yes, reprogramming. Well, so reprogramming. it's about giving, it, what you're talking about is uh, giving your power away, right? So well, sometimes we give it away, sometimes we don't even know we're losing it. I think it happens automatically when we have anxiety or yeah. fear. I think we automatically give away power and it's, it's unconscious. It's an unconscious giveaway of power. Correct. Yes, ma'am. Because again, we are not prompted. See, we don't prompt ourselves. That wonderful thing called mantra. Oh, here we go again. Okay. I told them you got 45 seconds to make a decision. You're either going to allow fear to take over your life. Or are you going to say, uh Oh, I feel it's coming. What am I going to do? You know, and start and start speaking and opening your thought processes for a solution instead of being shut down by it, because that's what it does. It doesn't play fair. It just, like you say, it zaps you. You know, <laughs> is that? Is, I'm, I'm so serious. It is the energy. It literally zaps it is. you. Oh and, well, okay. So hold on. So let let's talk about the energy, shall we? So. I want to make sure that everybody hears this. Dr. Debbie. Yeah, we're putting you on the spot. Are you really? <laughs> I'm used to that. You always put me on the spot. I know. Okay. <laughs> I want you, please, to describe for the world about energy, combustion, and what that looks like with how you so eloquently described it this weekend. And if it's oh, wow. not the same, that's okay. But we're close. <laughs> well, um, you have this wonderful makeup of ours, you know, from the top of our head to the soles of our feet, where uh, our actions, our behaviors, our response time, reaction times, sometimes don't always work together. And we know that, right? So anytime fear, false evidence appear real, is on the scene, you can bet your bottom dollar that it's getting ready to cause trouble, right? So at some given point in, in, in your day, whenever this starts to happen, um, the mind then uh, is trying to figure fear out because it's always trying to, it just, sometimes it, it goes on autopilot. Okay, I'm just going to repeat the same way I reacted before. And sometimes if we're in our conscious state, being like, oh, no, not this time. You know? So sometimes those things start to collide. They start to collide and you kind of go back and forth for a moment. So the combustion then then happens here in the brain. Okay, so here comes fear. We're on this adrenaline drip. I mean, inopportune time because guess what? Nothing is really happening. And God forbid a real trigger is just going to get intensified, right? So once that adrenaline starts to then be released in our blood screen, okay, here comes that cortisol especially if it's done consistently. Cortisol is the first thing that actually starts to uh, then flow through the blood. And if that continues, then it turns into this thing called free radicals, as everybody knows, which then causes uh, problems in your internal structure as well as your brain because everything is attached. So it just starts these dynamite, I call it landmines in us, you know what I'm saying? Things start to explode with or without, like Jen said, our permission. And because we are still responding to it, thinking it is the big bad monster, that we can't control it. The only reason why you can't control it because you don't know how to just yet. But again, 45 seconds, your brain can only concentrate on one thing at a time. It doesn't matter what it is. 
you know, and I'm, and I'm, my most of my patients ask me, well, what about these racing thoughts? You know, I don't understand why, why I keep going from thought to thought. I say, well, the brain is asking you a question. Which one do you want? <laughs> Which one do you want? You're sitting at the window. Okay, pick one. And it's a good chance you're going to gravitate to negative energy because that's what the human mind does. Because that's the most, believe it or not, the most powerful energy. It's the one that pulls us into that hurricane. So I tell my patient, okay, let's do something different. Let's, uh, here comes the thought, and you pick the minimum, the one that is the minimum of, of, of fear, okay, whatever that one is. And you say, well, I don't understand. All of them is the same. I said, no, they're not. <laughs> no, they're not. It's one of them are stronger than the other one. And if you don't want to do that, you can use that 45 seconds to put a thought in your brain immediately. Okay, oh, for example, oh, I'm such a failure. Nobody loves me. I'm not good enough. Okay, open your mouth, speak. Yes, I am good enough. I'm enough for me. And that's how I'm going to think about it. And that's all it is to it. And put a period right there, you know? And so while we're speaking that and we do it on a consistent basis, what happens is we interrupt the landmines. But otherwise, we just like, I call it a, sick, a sitting duck always gets hit with a moving target. Hmm. Oh, you got to catch him, you know, because he's always moving. So I, I help them to keep their brains moving so they don't get stuck. Because when they get stuck, they feel like the rabbit, you know, in, in the hole kind of mindset, you know, and you don't know how to get out. So then it brings all of, of course, fear does this brings all of the trauma that you suffered from the back of your mind, which is in your subconscious, to your, your right now moment. And they said, well, why is this so powerful? I said, because everything you feel, everything you feel, all of this is energy coming forward to that, self, that, that, that conscious mind, energy that's overpowering, energy that, you, that you've been thinking for God knows how long, that's just your power. Well, that's, and, when the energy right. and how many times have they relived that? that past behavior, you know, yes. did they, have they relived it a thousand more times? Because that more they relive it, the bigger the power it has. Correct. And so when you do verbally speak that, you know, I am good enough for me today, right now, mm -hmm. you create a new pathway for them to think. Correct. So mm -hmm. And they do it and they feel good and they're like, yep. wow. <laughs> And I know that and I works. Were talking yesterday about mental preparedness. And yes. so there's a, um, I think I have a pre mental preparedness. So when I was a child, my mom was cooking a brisket and set the house on fire. So, uh, oops. And so my father, uh, I called my dad and, um, he walked me through on getting the dogs we had five dogs, making sure we got them out of the house. Where do you put them? And so what that taught me was in the case of an emergency, have a pre-planned approach to how you're, what you're going to do in that situation. So we have like, I have two parrots, two birds, and I have a, a small travel cage right by their cage. You don't have to look for it. It's right there. There's an emergency. They go into the cage and we take them to safety. So now, if you're going to take your animals to safety, what are you going to do to take your brain to safety? 
Absolutely. So what we discussed yesterday, okay, we I know that I get triggered by X, right? So what am I going to do to bring myself to um, uh, what mental preparedness am I going to do? So what, what plan do I have when I hear X and what, how am I going to choose now to respond to it differently? So I already have a pre-planned idea about how I'm going to respond to something that makes me mad, scared, whatever, so that I can catch myself and go, Oh no, what you're going to do is this. And one of those things is also to bring levity to the situation right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can, because if you can't, the opposite's not that much fun, right? <laughs> so, um, so I don't know, Dr. Frank, Jen, thoughts? That's why I like that timeline, because when I create that timeline with the person, at each step, once we can identify all of their levels of anxiety as it builds, we can have, we kind of list a couple of things that they can do at that time. So like, like I was saying, like here, I can just do some self-talk, take a deep breath and I'm fine. So that would be on my list of things I can do to help myself calm down. And so we do that for every level because we're always not, we're not always going to catch ourselves. Mm -hmm. We might not catch ourselves till seven because we're so worked up in the moment or so many things happen so quickly. So having a list, I like having like little lists or little, I have my, my, I put post-it notes up, be like, hey, if you're feeling anxious, do these things, you know, but once we sit down and do the timeline, we have a lot of different things that will typically work and be very helpful for them. Right. And I like your idea about putting like the post-it notes up. So on my healing journey at the beginning, and of course I still do it now because it was so effective. um, There's a lot of great, um, uh, infographics that I love that I find online and Facebook or Instagram or just on a Google search that resonate with me. Like God's got your back, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, don't look back. You're not going that way. Right. <laughs> right. Things like that or whatever reminder that you need. And I post those on the refrigerator door mm-hmm. on the bathroom door, Perfect. Um, you know, or wherever I, or maybe in front of my desk right where I work. And so to change the mindset, it takes a shift in your thinking process, which means a shift in your behavior. And what are you going to do to support yourself in that shift in that behavior? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I often, uh, with uh, patients that have uh, mild to severe anxiety, I like for them to get a tangible, like a smooth stone. Mm-hmm. I like that and, too. And uh, and they'll do that. And when they, I told them right at the beginning stages, I always try to keep them proactive. Right at the beginning stages, and you start feeling yourself slipping. I say if you're if you're slipping, which means going deeper into the um, the anxiety, you have to say, okay, it's time to switch the suit immediately. It's time to switch the suit. You say it three times. And you get your smooth stone and you start rubbing. I like you want to, uh, you know, alternate the brain process instead of going into this slippery slope, you're catching yourself and you're rubbing something, which your brain has to concentrate on that too, right? So uh, it gives you that um, 
sense of feeling because the, the, sm the smooth stone feels good between the fingers, you know, and it, it gives us, it's a soothing thing. <laughs> so this is so my favorite stick. Yes. So I have them all over the place. They're in another room. But well, you can hey, actually close portals with this baby. So it's I'm so fun. Um, there's a doctor, I think a doctor, Abby, uh, I forget her last name, but she was on Instagram yesterday. She's a doctor of chiropractic. And she was saying, what's your favorite crystal? So, of course, I listed all the ones that I wear. But then I said, really, my favorite one is the selenite because it's the happy stick, right? I mean, you can wave it around your head and pretty happy. Um, yeah. So, Dr. Frank, what do you think um, about all this? Well, I, I think absolutely there's several options that we teach ourselves. And there has to be, uh, like I said, a learning curve. Because mm -hmm. as we grow up, we learn certain things that we're frightened of. And then there's uh, additional things that we learn to be afraid of. And this is basically survival. Uh, and so we're, we go back to the very basis of, of our uh, survival uh, abilities. And uh, in the brain, I usually locate that at the amygdala. It's mm -hmm. kind of a, a way of uh, recording uh, our fears uh, from the past as well as our, what we experience presently. And we uh, need to create a recipe to deal with those fears. Now, I can remember in my early days, but actually before school, uh, that I, I became very afraid of spiders. And uh, then I, my grandmother taught me basically how to uh, escape from their terror, and basically by smushing them or escaping them or so, some other kind of uh, basic primitive approach. So I became less afraid of spiders, but I also have a certain lingering fear of rattlesnakes. Now, one of the things about oh, man, right? is that <laughs> it, I tried to tame rattlesnakes, by the way, and since uh, they're like alligators, they have no pleasure centers. Uh, consequently, they, they have no real training ability, at least uh, I don't have any of that. So, I, but I, uh, my life does not in, uh, have me engage with rattlesnakes very often. So, uh, usually I can avoid those pretty quickly. So, so, so uh, wait, we, we develop so various kinds of techniques and kind of an uh, encyclopedia uh, in our brain in terms of uh, the kind of fears that we have. And I think that that's uh, uh, many things that you have all suggested uh, make sense in terms of, as uh, especially as adults, but also as children, how do we deal with our fears? And uh, these are skills uh, that, we, that we learn according to our environment and, uh, and our own uh, basic survival. But these are important because uh, without skills, we become uh, uh, regressive. We we become very dependent, uh, and we lose our self confidence. 
That's true. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, That's you said true. something so profound that I don't think that people think about. You said without pleasure centers, it has no training ability. Yeah, that's true. Uh, People aren't thinking about it, that if you can create pleasure for somebody and then take it away, you can train them to do whatever you want them to do. Well, (laughs) person, sorry, cat. (laughs) I think that uh, in my own mind, I think that there are certain people who have no pleasure centers. Yeah, I know. (laughs) You can never make them happy and never uh, adjust to unless you just basically uh, are curious. Like me, I get very curious about people who have very little pleasure centers, Um, and I uh, I usually uh, focus on that as well. And and some of these uh, people really. Are, are very sad and depressed yeah. and that uh, depression will uh, obviously eliminate a lot of the pleasure. So oh, you know what, that you gets guys, us into a whole different ballgame. I'm so excited about what we're talking about. I forgot to go to commercial. So hold on. Let me do that. And then, um, woo, sorry. Here we go. Let me see if I can figure this out. Um, all right. Hi, I'm Jody Susan of Susan Essentials. I started Susan Essentials in 2015 because of a personal health journey. I was over-medicated and put on 19 different medications. And yes, I reversed all my chronic diseases using plant and energy-based healing. It was amazing. At Susan Essentials, we support both consumers and businesses. And we do that with helping your employees or yourself with a food as medicine mindset. How Susan Essentials supports businesses and consumers is we teach people about a food as medicine mindset. So we support people on how to support their own immune system, how to support their brain health, how to support their emotional well-being. And we do that all with plant and an energy-based healing. Okay, so we have another commercial. But Hi, not I'm Naima Latif, executive producer of the Female Solution Global Radio TV Show. We are a part of the online network of associated internet radio hosts, On Air. On Air empowers you with transformative news and interactive radio TV shows. This is such a wonderful time to be alive and to see our human family coming together as one community as a result of that powerful tool, the internet. We can now talk directly to each other all over the world. There's no need for conflict or misunderstanding. There's no need for violence to solve our differences. We can talk to each other face to face until we reach an agreement. On Air offers a fantastic global guide to communicators from all over the world for using their internet platform to inspire us to strive to be our best selves in order to become the kind, compassionate, loving people we were all born to be. Once we do that, we'll see planet Earth transformed into a place of peace. Subscribe to the recommended YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and podcasts created by these Voices of Enlightenment. 
On Air provides daily news briefs and a weekly magazine to keep you abreast of events and opportunities. On Air news affiliates in television, radio, and print share information, insight, and interviews with notable personalities. Go to onaireverywhere.com for a daily dose of uplifting news. We're on air everywhere, online all the time. All right, and I got one more quickie here. Um, Susan Essentials is re-engineering what health looks like by leading you to the best wellness initiatives in the world. Start your coaching plan today and create a new paradigm of health. Click here to learn more. So Naima um, uh, puts on here, wow, that is profound. That's, and I'm not, it looks like that came on just a minute ago. She says, that's exactly how we are programmed as compulsive consumers of addictive foods, drugs, entertainment, etc. Pleasure is given, then taken away, and people do what they are told to do in order to get the feeling of pleasure back. You know, that is spot on, right? It is. And we got Jen back here. She uh, She's transferring... Um, Jen Senate is transferring to the car uh, because she is going to her office. And I yes. said, that's awesome. Uh, I love that Jen is walking while we're on the show. And I want to share why. So sitting is the new smoking, <laughs> right? And so if you can have a meeting, and even while you're on the radio or YouTube, I'm cool with this. This Jen gets out of the box, right? Jen does things not like everybody else, and she's willing to look at things in a different way. And so if you can have a meeting and not be tethered to your chair, okay, so use your phone. Uh, walk while you're talking to people. If you're working out of your home, um, you know, and you have the, you don't have to actually see somebody because you don't. Just going to say that you actually don't have to visually see somebody to have a meeting, have your meeting, put on your, 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 um, your earbuds, like your not, not, not the, uh, Bluetooth kind, just, for, you know, we won't go there, Jen, but you want yeah. them hardwired because the Bluetooth will, um, um, fry your brain, um, the, uh, and walk and bring a pad of paper or take notes in your phone on your notepad. You know, if you need to do that, because the more you move, the more activity you have, the healthier you are. And you don't need, I mean, I know it's important to get your heart rate up, but it's important just to keep the activity going. Um, walk up and down the stairs. When I was um, first reclaiming my health, I was 234 pounds, could barely move, um, over-medicated with 19, you know, different drugs. I'm sick, sick, sick. And after each meal, I would have what's called periodic paralysis. And I would sit there for 20 minutes, not being able to move off the couch. So for me, just walking down the three flights of stairs to get my mail was an accomplishment. So now I can do seven miles. And um, But you have to start somewhere, right? So My 80-year-old aunt says, motion is the lotion of the joints. All right. Sounds wonderful. Mm -hmm. She is amazing. She still likes to go hiking and she does a lot of things that most 80 year olds don't do. 
So, well, and I want to talk about, about just a little bit. We've been talking about all these things from a, a psychological standpoint and activity. I want to talk just for a minute about the nutrients because this is um, so important. I brought down from my dispensary upstairs the things that I'm using to support my brain health. Um, one is this newer product. It's called, it's made from the noni berry. And I was on the road. And by the way, it comes in the focus shot. Whoopsie. It also comes in for immunity. And I just ran out of sleep, which by the way, there's one for sleep and it's a game changer. Okay. I was on the road and these two ounce shots, I think it's two ounces. Well, give it, yeah, it's two ounces. <laughs> when you're on the road, you want to make sure you have your nutrients and you have your antioxidants to kill those free radicals that the cortisol is creating. Score. Like this is a game changer. And my sleep has never, ever been so good. And I have great sleep. I have great sleep. But I didn't know what great sleep was until I started using these products. And I've used like things like Copaiba. I take lavender essential oil with frankincense before bed. And it gives me a deep sleep. But then the beauty rest, and you guys will know about this. So in this product, ah. Where does it say what it has? It has turmeric root, which is an anti-inflammatory, valerian root, which helps to calm the brain so you can sleep. It has milk thistle, chamomile, also calming, kelp extract, um, I can't pronounce that, and French melon. So uh, <laughs> let's get the one I can't pronounce. The thing is, our brain um, heals itself between the hours of 10 p.m. and 3 a.m. And so to have a way to get a deeper sleep, I mean, if you think that you sleep good, that's awesome. I did too. But this was, this is for me a game changer. Um, there's other things by um, BrainMD, which is from Amen Clinics. If you wanna have a happy brain, it's happy saffron. Um, Omega-3 by BrainMD, uh, which is, again, Amen Clinics, Dr. Daniel Amen. And then my, one of my favorites by Innate, um, Adrenal Response, which is made with ashwagandha, holy basil, um, and um, let's see, it's ashwagandha, astragalus roots, which helps with your belly fat, thank you, um, holy basil, and shashanda berry, and kelp. And this takes, you can take this one during the day and it keeps you out of, it keeps you calm. It's amazing without making you tired. So calm, focused, centered. Um, then there's the probiotics. Everyone, I'm, I know on this show has heard about the gut brain connection. And if you're not taking care of your gut health and making sure it has the proper flora and bacteria, then you, um, may have some challenges with focus, energy, depression, things like that. Um, the other thing that will support your immune system is echinacea, which I think is one of Jen's favorites. Echinacea is a wildflower in, in, that's actually uh, indigenous to Illinois, and it supports your immune system. It's really pretty. It's purple. This other thing is elite. This is so cool. We're taking this on the road, and people are back on the road again. 
So it's a little packet. It goes into 16 ounces of water. It has aloe, lysine, red clover, India, Indian gooseberry, ashwagandha, um, astaxanthin, can't say that, primrose, holy basil. And when you start fueling your body, and I'm bringing all these out for a reason. When you start fueling your body and your brain, like with rosemary, which is for mental acuity, you diffuse that in your diffuser. And I know I'm throwing a lot at everybody right now, but here's the thing. We're in unprecedented times. This is not an easy energy to work with. So fuel your body with all these cool plants because these plants will make a big difference on how your body either reacts or responds. Mm -hmm. Okay, R rant over. <laughs> <laughs> Rant over. I think but, what you're saying though is so important. Yeah. Because I mean, I know. I mean, you honestly, we're gonna stuff. have all of these things. Like, this is where like a lot of our healing is gonna come from in the future. That's true. Yes. So, I mean, what you're talking about, I think, is still very, very important because I feel like a lot of people are seeing that modern science, even though it has a lot of perks, there's a lot of drawbacks to it as well and people are looking back to plants and people are looking back to nature to find healing mm -hmm. well when, when they can't get what they want from a, a um a synthetic pill so everyone's been talking about anxiety and i think uh dr debbie you said that um that fear is anxiety or somebody said that is that right okay. yeah so anxiety a lot of people get prescribed things like um, Clonzepan or Ativan. Well, there's a PubMed study. You can take a couple drops um, in a veggie cap, and you can take that internally, and it'll reduce your anxiety. Ooh. So now Ativan is a synthetic. We know that synthetics get stored in your fat cells and then create disease. So if you put lavender, which is not a synthetic, and you know, with the caveat that you're sourcing your, your plants responsibly, um, and they put it into your body, it does not get stored in your fat cells. It actually, it does, it helps with the symptom and does cellular repair. Mm -hmm. Something you something you talked about very briefly, though, Jody, and I think a lot of people don't realize the value of it, is the nutrition that goes into, like, if you have anxiety or you don't have anxiety, because what you're putting in your body really makes a huge difference in how you feel. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And so, um, so let's talk about things that cause anxiety. Anybody want to take a stab at a, a few? Foods? McDonald's. Right. Unfiltered Oils. water. Unfiltered uh, water. Unfiltered water. Mm -hmm. Too much sugar. Sugar, Dr. Frank? Well, I think that uh, my mind was going in a different direction, but uh, we, all, uh, we, we create all kinds of uh, issues with anxiety about our own culture because our culture basically creates uh, our nutrition from a, from a food
food point of view as well as uh, uh, smells, uh, aromas, uh, and everything that we that how we act. Uh, so uh, I think that anxiety uh, is a very what I call a plural verb. It just basically it comes from different directions, and that's what makes this so puzzling. Mm -hmm. Well, and so just to add to that, going so yeah, I mean, an integrative nutrition talks about that we are getting our nutrition not only from our food but from the people that we are around, which kind of delves into the toxins, traumas, and thoughts. Um, but to stay on the nutrition track or the food track, sugar will drive anxiety in a heartbeat. And sugar is not just your raw sugar. If you have bread, okay, especially like a wheat bread, it actually, when you put it in your body, it bursts into more sugar than if you had a tablespoon of sugar, okay? A dark banana, okay? So when you have a banana, you want to have it as yellow as possible. I used to wait until my bananas were very dark so I can make banana bread only to find out that it replicates the cortisol. And actually I'm going to get this. Um, I'm going to get this. Hi, honey. Who's your puppy? Which puppy is this, Jen? She doesn't hear me. Jen, do you hear me? Okay. I can't hear you guys right now, but I'm sure I will in a moment. Okay. And I'm going to bring on Andrew Calhoun. Hold on. So welcome, Andrew. So we're talking about the foods that cause anxiety. And I was going to um, pull out some data from a doctor who I know who talks about the impact, impact of bananas. Um, and people are going to be surprised when they hear this because it's crazy. Um, hold on. Okay. So, okay. So here's the thing about bananas and how it impacts, impacts stress and anxiety. Bananas come with a couple of problems. One, they have a lot of sugar. So we already know that sugar causes stress. So if you have direct exposure to sunlight, as in tropical regions, not too much of a problem there. But they do have latex in them, and some people have an allergic response or allergic reaction to latex. They're also loaded with pesticides, unless they're organic. And then the brown spots. Okay, listen up to this. The brown spots on these bananas are made from a chemical called tumor necrosis factor, which is the exact chemical compound that your spleen releases in response to stress, and it's very inflammatory. Mm. Yeah. That's why I didn't like bananas. <laughs> well, we're, we're raised to think that uh, having over-ripened bananas are good for banana bread, and they're mushy, and they're tasty, and they're more flavorful. They may be mushy and more flavorful, but they're not good for you. Mm -mm. I like them semi, not ripe at all, actually. Like where they're very firm. That's the only way I can eat them. I can't eat them any other way. 
So, so, um, okay. So, so other things that can be very triggering. So when I had small fiber neuropathy, I had to look at all the foods that I was eating and to make sure that I didn't cause anxiety or stress for my body because it was already inflamed. So other things, so we've got sugar, it can be caffeine, which by the way, um, caffeine can be in your tea, maca root. So maca root gives you a lot of energy, but the thing is, is as lovely as maca root is, and it can be healthy for you, it can also be um, dangerous for you if you're trying to get rid of anxiety. Jody, a way to for people to understand how how conventional food, normal food people eat, uh, as you buy in the grocery store, uh, is not healthy for you. If you go to a clean diet, you go to a diet which is almost entirely organic or responsibly produced, as well as having filtered water, do that for a couple of weeks and then try to have uh, a Big Mac or something like that, you're, you'll get sick. Or you're in a pizza, you'll get sick because your body's used to the good food now and, you're, and that's that's a stressor. Even food that you thought was a comfort food before, now, um, or I'll just speak for my, myself personally, if I eat something that, uh, that is not organic, not clean food, my body rejects it, doesn't like it. And it's really a good indication of what kind of food we're normally eating. You, you feel it's a comfort food, but it's actually not. Well, and so uh, spot on, Andrew. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, there's... I mean, there's so much to be said about food. I actually realized it's 8 o'clock and we were late on the first commercial, so I'm just going to do a real quick one, real quick, and then um, come back. So let me just uh, do that. Susan Essentials leads you to wellness by giving you access to more than 20,000 sustainably produced nutritional products delivered direct to your door. With, with a simple blood test and food plan, Susan Essentials will help your business, your family, and you eliminate toxins and create a step-by-step -step plan to nourish your mind, body, and spirit. Click here to learn more. All right, so um, we're back and um, going back to uh, the food conversation, I want to talk about something we haven't talked about, which is so critical to brain health, and I had no idea. Minerals. We, and first of all, the minerals are not in our food supply, and the only way really to get them is to take them internally, like through supplementation. But I also want to say this, um, glyphosate was originally used to pull the calcium and all the minerals out of pipes, okay? This is uh, back during World War II, I guess, is when they started to first use this. Well, if glyphosate, which is the active ingredient in, in uh, Roundup, okay, Roundup is what's used in your farming, so to grow your plants and get the pest, keep the pests away, the pesticide. Now that's sprayed all over your plants. So two things you want to consider. It's pulling the minerals 
out of your soil. When you eat your body. The, yes, thank you. When you eat the food, it pulls it out of your body. It pulls it out of your body. So if you're eating something with glyphosate, if here here's the big thing. Oh, I know everyone's gonna get this. Okay, listen to this. When you eat, you need to ask yourself, do you have more energy or less energy? A lot of people say less energy. Sorry, Linda. Okay. Woo! So if you're eating and you have less energy after you eat, after you eat, it is likely because the food has glyphosate in it. It's pulling the minerals out, mm -hmm. which impacts your ability to, to focus. Mm -hmm. So you have to eat organic. If you do nothing at all, if you want your brain health, eat clean food. Yes. Because you're literally depleting your body of minerals every time you put food in your mouth. And people don't realize it because the body uh, the body compensates for a long time, and, and people don't realize the detrimental effect of, of poor nutrition and poor mineral intake until it's uh, not that it's too late until but until you have adverse reactions, uh, and that's why I'm 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 pretty vehement about helping my college age uh, college age children uh, to make sure that they eat healthy, and I send them. I don't want them to get overloaded. They get tired of me talking about health. But just to give them a few things uh, like magnesium or a, uh, a multivitamin that's got some minerals in it to help them to supplement what they're eating. Because the food we have, uh, as Joey said, is, is nutrient depleted and mineral depleted. Uh, it just is. Even if you have organic food, you don't have the pesticides, but you're still lacking a lot of the minerals. So it's absolutely important to, to supplement your diet with that. So, um, Jen, are you able to speak while you're driving? I know you're muted right now. Because I have a question for you. Let me see. Let me just try unmuting her. Okay. Oops. Oh, so I see. I can't unmute you, Jen. So, um, all right. So, uh, Dr. Lawless, what is your take on minerals and food on the brain well absolutely there's a, a the influence is is pretty great and uh i have from a personal point of view as well as uh, dealing with some patients uh, with uh, anxiety and other psychological problems uh these are paramount in terms of uh uh, dealing with specific problems. However, I will have to say that uh, these are very specific problems. Uh, uh, and, and I think you've already said this earlier, and I'm going to say it again. And basically, uh, one one mineral can can be helpful in one case and can be harmful in another. So you're going to have to basically uh go beyond just uh general rules uh in most cases so uh, without getting specific I, I basically uh have worked a lot with chemical sensitive people and uh this is where uh, anxiety uh, in my estimation really gets out of control 
where you're basically starting with some harmful uh, uh, environmental issues such as black mold or, or some other thing uh, that basically intensifies uh, uh, the problem. And then the brain kind of goes into overdrive and becomes sensitive to everything because of the uh, broadness of, of the categories. So um, you're, you're, you're dealing with a, a huge handicap in life when that happens. So uh, without going into deeper detail about this particular arena, uh, the things that you may not never uh, uh, are presented to you, uh, there are some general rules uh, that I follow uh, with every patient. And we've already gone over most of those that have to do with sugar and uh, pesticides and synthetics. Uh, I think that uh, those are the uh, major categories that, that I get concerned with. So thank you for that, Dr. Frank. And um, I want to just say this, that uh, you know, you're spot on. So we're talking generally speaking, if you're really having issues, there are tests, blood tests that we can do. Um, I think most of us can either do them ourselves or send it out to someone who can support you in getting that blood test. I know that Dr. Frank does uh, testing in his office, so you can directly call him and get in touch with his office at PMP. Um, if anybody's looking for this information, um, certainly, uh, you know, you can reach out to me and I will connect you to Dr. Frank Lawless at any time. You can also call into the show at 515-605-9325. Um, but there's, you can just do nutrient deficiency testing. I mean, just that, that simple. If you don't want to do food sensitivity testing, you, you know, you can start with nutrient deficiency testing. Um, I have a friend who was on the other day, Dr. Susie, um, and she does testing out of Italy and they take a clip of your hair. Uh, she's going to send me the information on that and they can take a look at where you've been nutrient deficient for the last six months. So, um, so, and, and Dr. Frank, actually you have a unique, uh, system in your office, don't you? Absolutely. Uh, we find that, uh, that's crucial to how we come to some kind of treatment program is, uh, is through food and through uh, uh, how we, a person reacts to food. Uh, sometimes that uh, reaction has to do with uh, psychological uh, and environmental issues such as like, for example, peanuts. Uh, Peanuts, a lot of people are allergic to peanuts, and some people are just sensitive to, to, to peanuts. Um, uh, I'm, I'm sensitive to gluten, but I'm not allergic to, to gluten. So uh, that takes two different levels of your immune action, either IgA or IgG. So you have to deal with those differently, but both of them will, will cause havoc with your with your anxiety for sure hold so, on dr frank i have to tell you i know this product it's called the bod 
and I actually reverse my gluten sensitivities using yes. it. Do you yes. know the founder? Yes, <laughs> I know him really well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So use your bod because we, re Andrew and I both, I reversed yes. 135 food sensitivities. Andrew had 165. And right. we used this while we were exposed, and it did a reset on the neural network of our brain. Just this guy who created it's really cool. His name is <laughs> Oh, it's you. <laughs> you got the tools, Dolly. Reverse well, we use the bot a lot in terms of desensitizing us to uh, all kinds of anxiety, including um, foods, um, and we also use foods a lot for dealing with uh, anxiety, such as, uh, uh, for example, strawberries. Uh, strawberries are used in several countries for anxiety and pain. Mm -hmm. And I, we did a little study and we found out that um, for our patients that were basically workers comp, uh, that eating uh, half a dozen strawberries would dissolved their, their pain and their anxiety significantly. However, you had to include the little green leaves in order for it to work. In other words, it just, you, you, it doesn't work if you cut those off and especially if you put sugar that basically oh, yeah. makes everything. So it's not only the preparation, I mean, not only the foods, but the preparation. Now, let me go a, a little bit further into that area. Okay. When you create heat to a food, you change it molecularly so that the raw the food, the better it is for you. Uh, for example, my mother, who considered herself a, 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 a pioneer in nutrition, uh, basically, when I was a kid, used to feed me potato chips as my vegetable. <laughs> lucky you. Yeah, lucky me. Uh, and she would, I could uh, drink milkshake also because it contained milk. Of course, it didn't, it contained a humongous amount of sugar, which, uh, which I had to process as well. But nevertheless, <laughs> I did survive that. <laughs> but the whole problem is that potato chips are not your health food. They're basically pieces of grease that have salt so, uh, on them. They're no longer potatoes. Uh, and uh, so anytime you, let's say, eggs uh, are uh, have been a big boogaboo for uh, several years, and we're now learning that eggs are not bad for you. They're actually pretty good for you, especially your brain. However, if you cook an egg, if you fry an egg, it's not an egg anymore. It's basically cooked matter, and it operates quite a bit differently in your body than a raw egg would. Mm. Now, of course, you run a little problems with, uh, uh, with germs if you don't cook it and kill those germs. So you... You have to take that into also consideration. But basically, um, I'm going to go back to my basic premise, is the raw your food is, the better that your body recognizes it as such. So let me ask you this then. If I'm going to have an egg, which I'm going to cook it, does it need to be like sunny side up? Is that my best idea? Well, 
it depends on the heat. Uh, you can you can eat a raw egg. I've eaten lots of raw eggs, especially when I was young. Me too. Uh, and uh, oh, <laughs> dangerous in that. Uh, uh, you boiling eggs are are a lot safer for you in terms of uh, creating the most abundant of proteins. Mm -hmm. So I can't be any more detailed. Boiling them is the way. best way or the worst way? I'm sorry. The best what? way. The best way. The best way? I, I go for boiled eggs. Okay. Yeah, I prefer boiled eggs. I like them sunny side up. <laughs> I like my eggs. So, <laughs> I like my eggs too. Um, you know, and the other thing is really good for brain health is your um, organic bacon. So, cause it's got tons of D in it, vitamin D, and healthy fat. Healthy fat. Um, uh, organic bacon. Organic bacon. So Andrew and I get ours from Hasselman Farms. Uh, they're out in Marengo, but they they go to the farmer's market in Palatine, Illinois, and in Arlington Heights, Illinois. You can also order direct from them. Um, while we're on, and I don't want to uh, forget, we have a healing circle. Um, it's Thursday. Um, and so for those people who are listening, um, this is an opportunity for you to come on, be present, and receive the goodness from all the people that are here today, as well as several other people. And what we're going to do for you is um, really just remove all the uh, negative energy that is in your space, in your body, around your body, and replace it with God's divine white light. There's more to it than that, but that's the top level. And so we encourage you to tune in um, on uh, Thursday. Um, we'll, we'll go live at 11 o'clock in the morning. We'll start exactly at 11, 11 a.m. We will end by 11.45 a.m. And um, it will air on YouTube. Uh, it'll uh, air on Podbean. It will be on LinkedIn and Facebook and probably some other platforms. So um, we just welcome you to uh, join that. And I will put the, uh, the, uh, the Eventbrite in the thread for that. Um, anybody else want to talk about the impact of anxiety, uh, impact of food on anxiety? We talked about anxiety. I want to go back to, to a little bit different because uh, you talk, have talked to me, Jody, for years about the three T's, toxins, traumas, and thoughts. And one of the things about thoughts, one of the anxiety, I know this isn't about food, but it, it impacts me. Um, people, some people are toxic. It's not just the food. People are toxic. And, and, and if, you, if you have people who are uh, spreading negativity into you uh, and helping you to not to believe in yourself or spreading negativity so that you, you don't feel that your, your purpose on, in life is being met and that you need to, to shift uh, away from that. Um, either distance yourself from those people, talk to those people, or get rid of them. Uh, and just, it's, it's tough because sometimes those people are your family, your blood relatives. They sure, may not be. Yes. And so it's, it's, a, it's a tough thing. 
Um, but I've got uh, close family relatives who, every time I talk to them, it's a, it's a negative. Even if I'll say, uh, I, I got this new assignment, I was really successful. Well, you didn't do this, did you? I mean, they'll find something at fault of what I've done uh, instead of finding the good in it. You can find good in everything, but, but people, some people will find negative. No matter what you're talking about, they'll find something that's not right and you haven't done right. And that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's not good for your psyche. It's not good for your spirit. And it's just going to drag you down. You need to rise to a higher level of consciousness. One of the things we're going to be doing in that, uh, in that, in that prayer group, in that circle, is getting to a higher level of consciousness. And you can't get to that higher level if you're being brought down by other people. Well, and, and that's called codependency in the worst stages. <laughs> well, right. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's important to use boundaries. Yes. And just even, even if like sometimes a, a simple boundary is like, wow, thank you for sharing that. Because then it kind of like, I like those simple ones because it kind of bounces what they just said to you back onto them. Yeah. Really? And then they have to kind of look to that like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. Especially oh. the emotional manipulators and, and the emotional deceivers. Uh, uh, God forbid the narcissist. So, you know, it's, it's really toxic to, to the human brain for sure. Although it's tempting to retaliate uh, because you believe what you believe is the right way or the correct way, um, going to what Jen uh, mentioned, uh, you can say, I can say, Mom, that's an interesting perspective. I don't share that with you. When we start talking about things, uh, I talk about things with her, I just say, we're not going to go down that road or the boundary issue. We're not going to go down that road. We're not going to discuss that topic because you and I have a divergent opinion. Um, and I'm not going to change despite what you continue to say about your belief. I don't think those are well-founded. I don't think you're, you're based in science and, and I'm not going to agree with you, but you can like, kind of like the agree or disagree. Don't pick up the dice. Don't keep on getting into arguments when it's not going to go anywhere. Try to find that common ground. Uh, so you can, can work out. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes you, you find people who who won't get the common ground with you. They'll continue to be combative, and you have to just exit that relationship for your own safety. Correct. That's because that's because they get the energy. Some people look to get the energy in any way. Attention is attention. Doesn't matter if it's positive or negative. Correct. So if you're getting attention. Yeah. Because you're getting somebody to argue with you, you're pulling, they're sucking their energy. You're mm -hmm. winning that energy. So that's why it's so important to not even get involved in those kinds of arguments or disagreements. Because you're just giving somebody else your energy because they're not going to believe you anyway. They have their own agenda. Yeah. Well, and what I was trying to explain three years ago. To Andrew and it took us a while to get there and there's no no shame on this it's hard first of all it's hard when you're in the midst of the chaos or the midst of the abuse or the midst of the anger that's coming your way to see that you're now taking that anger and that abuse and you're transferring that energy to the next person and I know it took me years to figure out that I was doing that and that I had to say, okay, 
this is not, I, I got it from my boss. I'm not giving it away to the next person. I'm going to go. And I didn't even know the word clearing at that point. <laughs> yeah. But basically I wanted to get rid of the energy, right? I went for a walk. I went for a run. Um, I ate a cupcake. No, <laughs> that wasn't the healthy thing, but I did it anyway. You know, I was 234 pounds. You know, I did what I did. But the point is that you have to do something to get rid of the anger that they gave you. You have to get rid of the meanness because people will just dish it out if you let them. And we teach people how to treat us. Yeah. We are the owner. We are the owner of how do I want people to treat me? As long as we stand, if we allow people to treat us in a way that doesn't serve us, guess what? You know, you only have yourself to blame. They'll continue to do it. Yeah. Totally. So now, um, so Dr. Debbie, I have a text message from you, but I know that I wasn't able to reply on the text. So you have to um, leave at in three minutes. Is there anything you want to say before you, uh, you know, go see your client? Yes. Um, um, I just want to uh, kind of add to what you just said. Um, the worst thing in the world is to suppress feelings of pain. Uh, and, and that is the, the most uh, self-destruction thing you can ever do to yourself. However, it's coming out from the external world, you know, from actions, behaviors, habits, comments from other people. It doesn't mean, uh, you know, because the closer, to the, the closer they are to you, the more pain it causes if it's derogatory. The further away from you is the less pain. So um, you just have to make a conscious decision to guard yourself, you know, in the midst of it all. Because when you believe that thing that's already been said as truth, then that's when it can have life. And then that's when it affects you. But if you're like, oh, okay, I understand. That's your opinion. And I respect that. And just kind of, and even if you don't agree with it, you're like, you know, well, can I offer you another solution to that? You know, to what you're saying? I mean, even in the midst of an argument, you know, one has to get out of the emotions just to be logical because energy, negative energy will suck you in. But the goal is to have that self-control and ask yourself, okay, if I allow myself to get too far in the weeds, then I'm going to lose the whole battle. And I'm a victor, which means that I'm going to stay in control as much as I possibly can. And with practice and response over a period of time, the subconscious just literally goes on autopilot. It just goes on autopilot for you when you when so that you don't have to work so hard consciously to not take it personal. You train your mind not to keep responding like you usually respond because remember. These are words, sounds, actions of other people. So if you take it personally, then it becomes true. But if you eliminate that to like not allow your emotions to make a decision for you, then you're like, okay, here we go again. This is the same process. Don't let it frustrate you. How can you miss something you never had? 
I, I, I want to add on to that, Dr. Debbie, because as soon as you give the emotions of the other person power, yes. that's when everything is lost. But if you can have, be respectful of your feelings and their feelings in an argument or even a disagreement or a conversation, everyone still has their power. Yes. And if you only believe your truth and you let them believe their truth, then there's, again, there's that divider. There's that place where you can have a conversation and there's no... There's no buy-in to your wrong or their right. It just is what it is. Correct. Well, uh, it's a safety. It's so safe mm -hmm. like that. Absolutely. Yeah, it's psychological yeah. safety. And I will say that, Jen, I think what you said was so important, so I want to just repeat it. Allow people to have their truth, which means allow them to wear their mask if that's important to them. Allow them to have their vaccine if that's important to them. I mean, I don't agree with either of those two things, but I need to allow people to have their own truth because otherwise I'm dishonoring who they are at that point in time. I don't have to agree with you, but I have to honor you. Right? Respect. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, I mean, I learn so much every time I come on here, you know, because iron sharpens iron <laughs> for sure. Nice meeting you, Jen. Where are you located? Are you? I'm in Vernon Hills. Vernon Hills. Is that Chicago? Illinois. It's uh, suburbs of Chicago. Gotcha. Okay. And uh, of where are you I'm at? I'm in Atlanta on the outskirts of Atlanta, uh, Georgia. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. In the suburbs, like you say, around. Try to stay out of the cities. There's so much going on in the city, right? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Dr. Frank Lawless, you, you are a genius. You are oh. definitely a genius. If no one ever told you, I, I think you are a genius. You know, your story is remarkable. And I thank my wonderful friends there, Andrew. I, I, I'm acting like I got an Emmy or something. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. It sounds good. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I'm going to see who I can save today. That's 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 my motto. Okay. Much love to Excellent. you guys. Bye bye. Love you. <laughs> love you too. Bye bye. So, um, so Dr. Frank. Can you tell us a little bit about the testing that you do in your office? And I've already put in here um, how people can uh, get in touch with you. Um, I put that in our thread, but I'll go back and add it again, just you know, so people can see. So if anybody, you know, um, I know that uh, Jen is not taking new clients right now. Is that right, Jen? That's no problem. Uh, she's not taking new clients right now. So if anybody needs to get in touch with Dr. Frank and needs to make an appointment, his office number is there. Um, so Dr. Frank, talk about the testing that you do in your office. Well, first of all, before I talk about that, let me just comment a little bit about the issue of toxic people. Uh, and I don't want to uh, run the show here, but I basically want, this is a pet issue with me. So I want to, I want to re respond a little bit. And, uh, it sounds a little bit like, uh, 
uh, a preacher on the corner, but uh, I Don't make excuses, Dolly, because I this but, is so But the important. notion is that in my 50 years of dealing with people is that many times, most times, when you deal with people with problems, you soon discover that part of the problems is them. And basically, uh, their ability to talk and express themselves and and deal with their belief system, you might say. So most of the time, you you can end up in power struggles. You can end up in all kinds of issues with regard to your relationship with patients. And uh, what I want to say it sounds really uh, simple, but it's very, very complex. And that is you got to love your patients. You don't have to like them, but you do have to love them. And that is basically accepting them for who they are and to understand why they are, uh, give a certain understanding uh, in terms of what they're dealing with. But regardless, regardless of what, what kind of personalities they have, what's ultimately going to be beneficial is the love that you share with them and then this is not romantic love. This is basically honoring, and you, you mentioned that word earlier, and I want to uh, use it as well, honoring them for who they are and basically uh, teaching them skills. Uh, so that's all I'm going to say about that. Well, that's important to say. I mean, you have to love people where they're at. Right. So... Um, I'm, I've told this story before. I'm going to share it again. So I was, um, I grew up Jewish and I was studying for uh, my bat mitzvah at the age of 50. But typically, you know, we get bat mitzvah at 13. I moved from a Jewish neighborhood to a Catholic neighborhood and was promptly told that I was going to hell. Um, and I, of course, shared that I didn't believe in hell, so didn't think I was going there. So, uh, you know, um, but the point is, people didn't love me where I was at. Okay? Right. They did not love me where I was at. So now let's fast forward to my 50s. I'm now 58, but my early 50s, the church came and rescued me so many times. They didn't ask me why I was a Jew. They didn't tell me I was going to go to hell. They didn't make me wrong for where I was at. So, um, so if you can love people where they're at, guess what? They're going to follow you. Stop pushing your agenda on them. Love them where they're at. Right. So once you love someone where they're at, they're going to start asking you all the things that you know because they want to do you. They want to do the things that you're doing. They want to have the love that you give. They want to be the love that you give. And so that's what happened to me. No one pushed me into Christianity. No one threatened me when I to go to hell, and that's why I converted. I converted to Christianity because the church was loving me where I was at and supported me in a time of need where I would have been on the street. With no questions asked. No questions asked. 
right? Absolutely. So if we can give people unconditional love, look, um, I'm not, I mean, just love, I mean, if, if people don't agree with what your, which is none of our flipping business, um, what your medical choices are, if they don't agree with that, be, you know, that it's not our business to be asking people about their medical choices, right? Just love people where they're at and know that if you've made the right choice for you, you're fine. That's fine. And if you need to pivot because it turned out it wasn't fine, that's fine too. Because there's ways to pivot. The body's a master healing machine. Then rant over. <laughs> I've dealt with a lot of a lot of kinds of patients. I've dealt with people who are uh, professional assassins. I've dealt with people that were drug dealers. I've dug, dug, dealt with a lot of uh, unhonest people, uh, dishonest people, should I say, uh, that that basically uh, would be the scourge of the earth. But I found within them a certain amount of, of kindness and uh, kind of gentle pain that uh that i could address and relate to and so um like i said uh i haven't uh i've been challenged i've been challenged i have to admit but at the same time that's part of me not part of them andrew thoughts on the matter um going back to what we were talking about earlier with uh with the toxic people and, and, and food and, and I it's um something that I'm I become used to because I, I live a healthy life uh, with with the foods and the exercise and and the positive reinforcement that I get but if people don't well, don't realize and this is something you both of you know well people will, people will see their reactions, their physical reactions, their emotional reactions as a result of the influences only because of the external influences from other people or from situations. Whereas the diet that you have actually does contribute a lot to, to how you perceive things and, and your mood. And people don't realize that the, uh, the effects of poor nutrition have on their emotional responses. Maybe we could talk about that a little bit of how emotions aren't only driven by the external factors they're driven by um, mineral and nutritional deficiencies uh, can we talk about that for a little bit joe yeah well oh, let ahead. me let me just comment on that a little bit Better. um i used to run pain clinics and uh basically i felt very successful in that but one of the major topics that was always interesting to patients were was food you know, what food am I doing that's interfering with my life? And uh, that, that we, we had a group session uh, every week that was um, requested by the patients. This was something of their utmost interest. They're, they weren't as interested in terms of their psychosis or, or other issues. They basically wanted to know what could they eat for breakfast what could they eat for lunch and what could they eat for dinner in a very practical way? 
And so consequently, I addressed uh, in my discussion the kind of popular foods that get you in trouble, such as milk. Uh, Milk is a big controversy because it has so much sugar into it. uh, And that's not natural. Uh, So we talk about natural foods. And then we talk about the cereals that are abomination uh, turned in uh, that started from uh, good uh, emotions and motivations like Dr. Kellogg and and Dr. Graham uh, had in terms when they uh, formulated formulated their their diet uh, for uh, emotional problems such as anxiety. That was their main purpose. And uh, but after they lost control of the uh, of the foods that they manufactured to other people, uh, they became all sugar. So it's basically a, a issue with regard to uh, the quote progress that we have in food preparation, uh, such as wheat uh, and that kind of those kinds of issues that have prominented uh, disease and uh, anxiety and other kinds of issues. So it's a wild, wild, uh, wild, wild west, as we say, in in regard to nutrition. And I agree with you that uh, that's something that we have control of on a day-to-day basis that that, uh, continues to be the chief interest of our patients and our families. I'm curious to learn that, Dr. Frank, that uh, the people are actually cognizant of, uh, of the effect of food on their mood and, and food on, their, on how they feel. Uh, I, I'm guilty as, the, as the next person of before I, I met my nutrition and my, and my wellness experts who's up there uh, helped, to, helped to teach me uh, the, the real benefits and the importance of healthy nutrition and healthy, um, healthy eating. Right. Um, I just figured, like most people do, well, my body's strong, I'll exercise, and my body will bounce back, and, and it does bounce back until it doesn't, and then you're not sure what's going on, and then uh, then you're then you're in a spiral downward because you're not on the right track. Uh, but so people actually came to you and they asked you, what kinds of foods can I eat um, from a Dr. Frank? Help me understand, well, from a mood standpoint or from a recovery from a pain? You can talk about pain. To start with. Your pain clinics, is that what it was? What, what's going to make you feel less pain or, or make you feel better? Absolutely. Uh, and we took a lot of our uh, education from other countries that didn't have pain uh, uh, pain medication. Uh, it, they just used foods. And this comes from uh, old Native American uh, approaches to, uh, for example, uh, and this may be sound a little controversial, but I'm going to say it anyway. Go for it. The, I love it. The, the peace pot uh, ritual in which they uh, passed around the uh, the peace pot was used very beneficial for pain. Now, the reason why that it was so beneficial uh, when you look at it is that uh, it wasn't tobacco that they were smoking. They were smoking anti-inflammatories, such as sage, willow bark, and 
those kinds of things, what? and consequently uh, uh, was very effective. In fact, it's it's a lot more effective than marijuana in terms of dealing with with pain and anxiety. And uh, so I I'm not a I have no shares in in terms of producing peace pipe tobacco, but I have used it uh, with. Uh, 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 Lou Gehrig's disease uh, on a few patients and found that that was extremely effective in terms of dealing with the with the inflammation of the brain. So uh, the, this whole issue of using uh, the more primitive uh, foods, the, rare, the raw foods, the uh, natural foods, uh, we can learn we can still learn a lot from our uh, ancestors. So, okay, I have something to contribute about this. So the willow bark, first of all, spot on, Dr. Frank, not that you would share anything that wasn't, um, but the willow bark, um, so, okay, let's talk about allopathic versus homeopathic. So for, so people can make, let's give a definition. Um, homeopathic, we're using the whole plant, okay? Allopathic, we've taken a portion of the plant, we've extracted it, and then we use it in the form of, in the case of willow bark, aspirin. That's what aspirin is. It's an allopathic version of willow bark. Now, here's the thing. When you use willow bark in its whole um, in, in, in its whole sense, in its whole form, it actually increases your uh, health by 700%. Okay? Now, when you take a portion of it out and use it allopathically, it actually degrades your body, i.e. aspirin. Right? So... Well, I, know, I know where you're going with this, I think. And, Go ahead. Uh, it's kind of like the strawberries. The, mm -hmm. the strawberries, uh, the more you eat of the plant, the better it is for you because the components of the leaves activate certain points of the fruit. And certain points of the roots also activate certain points. So if you ate the whole strawberry plant, it would be better for you than just eating the fruit. Thank and you. I think that that's the same con concept of the aspirin and the willow bark is that you, when you synthesize it scientifically, you lose what uh, the conglomeration of the solution that, that works for you. So uh, if we were to chew willow bark, we'd get a lot more benefit from the, than from the aspirin uh, synthetic of uh, uh, synthetics of the aspirin itself. Yes. Am I right? Absolutely. Now I want to take it a step further. So we cannot patent the willow bark tree, can we, Dr. Frank? So the pharmaceutical industry cannot put a patent on the willow bark tree and make money off of it. But if they take a portion of the willow bark tree, and then add some synthetics and and slap a label on it, then they can charge you more money and have a revenue stream. I have to tell you, when you buy plants, 
in the form of food, oils, like a tincture or what have you. It is so much better for your body and cheaper, period. End of story. It doesn't work any other way. As soon as you start putting a synthetic in your body, allopathic, okay, Western medicine, it stores it, and I've said this before, in your fat cells and causes disease over a period of time. What that period of time is will differ from person to person depending on your body. And that's it. It's just that simple. So when you're in, now let me take it one step further. Let me put you at the grocery store, not the farmer's market. I recommend that you go to the farmer's market, much safer place to be. But let's assume you're at the grocery store. You want to shop on the perimeter of the aisles, right? Where yeah. the whole foods are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? And when you're choosing your salt, okay, you want to get the purest form of salt that you can get and the ones that have the most minerals. That's Celtic sea salt, not the Malayan, not Morton's, not any of the others, you know, iodized, none of that. Celtic sea salt, more minerals. Score. <laughs> well, I think that that uh, that process of synthesizing the, the plant bothers me enormously. And we go down to South America and to the Amazon, and we get these wonderful um, foods, if you want to call it that, and basically bring it back and synthesize it. It loses its power. Yeah. And so uh, my general approach is to go to the source, the sources, should yeah, I yeah, say. Yeah, the sources. And here's the other part, Dr. Frank. Um, so there's a, um, oh, what was I going to say? I'm having a brain freeze. Well, one of the things you share with me, Jody, is that uh, the body is made to process food. Our body is a great processing machine. When you eat things that are already processed outside the body and put into a package or processed food, you, even if you're getting some nutrition, you're losing some of the benefit. Well, so yes, thank you, Andrew, because we are supposed to be the food processor. That is part of how the body absorbs nutrients how it cleans out the stuff in your body that it doesn't need. Um, you know, when you eat vegetables, it's kind of like if anybody remembers uh, the scrubbing bubbles, right? Scrubbing bubbles to clean your bathroom and your bathtub and things. It kind of bubbles up. Well, when you eat like vegetables, these, these leafy greens that goes through your intestinal tract, it takes the, the fiber, will take all the other toxicity out that you've eaten and, and will it out and that is your body needs to be the food processor and i'm not saying you don't use a food processor to make a smoothie or whatever but by and large you want to be the food processor not buy the food processor and then the other thing that i wanted to mention is um and dr frank touched on it and thank you for this the chemical reaction between the whole plant so once you start extracting different parts of the plant it doesn't work as well. But then there's also something I learned, I think it was in high school. Someone said to me, hey, well, if you wanna lose weight, and I was like this big around, right? <laughs> like I really needed to at that point. You know, have salmon and lettuce, like, you know, salad. 
there was a chemical reaction between that fish and salad that would help you lose weight. Well, also, if you want to get rid of pain, yes, strawberries with the tops, or you can use turmeric, but turmeric is absorbed into the body and does its work better when it's blended with black pepper and N-acetyl. It's a natural pain reliever. N-acetyl is an amino acid, black pepper, we all know what that is, and you don't need a lot of it. It's a touch of it. It's activating it. So when you get that God gave us everything we need in nature, you can stop going to the store for all the other stuff. <laughs> Go back to basics. Dr. Frank and Andrew, is there anything? So we have uh, four min five minutes left. Uh, Andrew, why don't you do last words, and then Dr. Frank, I'll let you do last words after that. Uh, something that uh, we've talked about many times, uh, the three of us, uh, but some people who are, on, who are listening now or may listen to it uh, later on, one of the foundational principles that you live by, Jody, is that the body is a healing machine. And if we give the body what it needs, uh, in our current environment with uh, the sicknesses that's all around us, uh, our body can respond well if we give it what it needs. Meaning that if you give the tools, the building blocks for the body, uh, it is able to fight off most things. Uh, if you look at uh, the virus and how, how it's how people who are healthy respond to that and not by things we see about people who are, who are immune compromised or people who don't have a healthy diet, people who are truly uh, live a healthy diet with exercise and foods and, and, and clean water and hydration respond very well to any kind of uh, attack on the body uh, from a virus uh, or any other uh, invader, if you will. So it's really up to us uh, to give our body tools it needs uh, so that we can uh, lead healthy lives. Well said, Andrew. Well said. Dr. Frank? Um, Last words for, the, for today's show? Um, let me, let me uh, process that a little bit further. Uh, talk more about that, Andrew. Well, more about it is that uh, we uh, people assume that their their body, if we eat a deep dish pizza and it makes us feel a little bit bloated and, and it, we, we've been told maybe it's not the best thing for us, we still assume that our body is going to do the job for us. We just make assumptions our bodies can do anything. And then when they don't do anything, we take some kind of medicine or we go to sleep or we take day, sick days. Uh, and I'm saying that if you give your body healthy foods, your body uh, is designed to fight off um, disease, to fight off sickness, to respond really well. If you get a virus, I'm not talking about the big viruses out there in the universe and out there in the, in the world right now, but any kind of virus, get the flu, you can beat that off pretty quickly if you know how to, if you take the, 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 the omega-3, the vitamin D, the vitamin C, things like that, all kinds of multivitamin, things that you might need to give your bodies antibodies and give your bodies a fighting chance to uh, to respond. Even if you get sick, you won't stay sick very long. Jody had COVID. Jody, Jody got over COVID in two days because of taking the right nutrition. Uh, it's it's not impossible. So 
we don't need to have synthetics. We need to have whole foods. We need to have full nutrition in order to to beat off a lot of things. Now, this isn't this isn't a, everything and, and every disease and all this. Absolutely not. But your body stands a far greater chance of surviving and thriving if you give it what it needs. Um, well, let me just uh, respond, very, uh, respond to that. Uh, I'm I'm a, kind of a cautious person about. Uh, I, I'm a big believer in, in minerals and vitamins and so forth, but sometimes we're we're not very smart about how we use that. For example. I, I'm a huge believer in vitamin C. I, I think vitamin C is is a wonder drug, but it has seconds. to be uh, the right kind of vitamin C. Sometimes some levels of vitamin C actually do the opposite and and deteriorate your immune system. And some are are super strong. Uh, for example, I, I used to take a lot of super strong vitamin C, and I won't get into labels. Uh, and basically, that overwhelmed my immune system so that I developed autoimmune sim uh, symptoms. So I backed off of that, and basically, it, I don't have any uh, secret formula. I'm just saying you have to be very conscious and aware of what you're reading and uh, how you're re responding. Ten seconds. And, and how that goes. And you will change over time. I, I respond very differently at age 81 than I did at 41 and certainly at 21. So uh, some foods are, uh, I get bigger, uh, response to some foods I get nothing from and some foods I actually uh, overreact so it's an ongoing issue it's an ongoing of what things magnify your body potential and which ones don't and uh, there's not a secret answer for everybody right well and that's where the testing comes in and I'll just uh, say this um, so when you test you basically take out that guesswork and when you test you can determine where you're nutrient deficient you can also test to determine which antioxidants are best for your body we do that at susan essentials in illinois and i believe dr frank lawless does that in texas and you can see either one of us virtually um you know is that right dr frank people can see you virtually for that as well um, but you can test or see a doctor that you're comfortable with, but, um, you can test to find out. And, and that's what you need to know. There are answers and these tests are not very expensive. So, and I agree fully with Dr. Frank, um, that we are, we have, um, uh, the ability, our bodies change all the time. And so we have to constantly be testing um, to figure out where our bodies are now. And, um, you know, I won't go into the story, but if anybody wants to learn more, they can actually uh, download my book for free on the Susan Essentials website, which is www.susanessentials.com. If anybody wants to make an appointment with Dr. Frank, you can call his office at 972-434-5454. 
Um, and we also have Amen Clinics on here with Andrew Calhoun. If you're looking to get a scan on your brain, Amen Clinics, um, Andrew can be reached at 847-220-0828. Um, and you can look at the overperforming and underperforming parts of the brain. And, and then, you know, also that's just another way to reclaim your health. Um, well, we are 902. I am going to run our, uh, our thank you. And I am so grateful uh, to you, Dr. Frank, to you, Andrew, um, to Jen Stennett, to uh, Dr. Debbie Green, um, for everybody being on the show and making the huge contributions that they're making to not only this show, but to the world. And I will just end also by saying, Please join Susan Essentials on YouTube. Uh, all of us will be there. This is this Thursday, 9, 9, 11, 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. We will be offering a free healing session for the world, removing energies that no longer serve you. Amen. All right. We're going to run that greeting for you. Here we go. Come to the end of our show today, but you can hear every show in the archives at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the dash female dash solution. You can also hear today's show on the Female Solution Facebook page. Go to www.facebook.com slash the female solution. Leave your comments about today's show. You can always reach me on my website at www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. Watch our TV shows, listen to our radio shows, order our books, and be sure to get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to thank all of you who participated in today's discussion. And to our global family listening from all around the world, we say thank you. To our family in China, Cheshe, India, Zanyaba, Japan, Arigato, Korea, Kamsamida, Russia, Spasiba, Germany, Danke, Poland, John Kujun, France, Merci, Spain, Gracias, Italy, Gracie, Egypt, Shukran, Ghana, Medasi, Nigeria, Eshe, South Africa, Ngiabonga, Senegal, Jared, Kenya, Asante, Israel, Toda, Pakistan, Shukriya, Afghanistan, Tashakur, Saudi Arabia, Shukran. Salam alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you. And may peace be upon you and the mercy of God and God. Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye.